Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of assimilation and brown pride. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And it's, well, I mean, yay, it's December. We're at the end of the year. And also, it's December and we have lost an icon. Yes, Kat. Chente is no longer with us. It's, I was shocked. Same. And he's old, so it's not like, you know. Actually, in my brain, I was at first shocked because I was like, wait, he didn't die a few years ago? Okay, no. So mm-hmm. I had oh, to go yeah, through two well. sets of shocks. <laughs> um, yes. Well, this is episodio 33. Ooh, 33. We are 33, the Jesus year. Um, yeah, ending the year, talking about all the things. And primarily on our, on our list is uh, the death, very recent death of Vincente Fernandez. So yes, <clears throat> uh, we will still have a que hay de nuevo. We are talking chente. And then we're going to be, I guess we're now a book club-esque because <laughs> we have talked about several books and we are going to dive into another one today mm-hmm. that hopefully maybe will make your bocha pick list as well. Agreed. And then, Kat, we're going to kind of, you know, we have several new listeners, several new followers on our socials, and we want to bring it at the end of the year. It's just, it's the time for nostalgia. It's the time to bring it all back. So we're going to talk a little bit about the essence of our pochaness. Yes. yes. Wrap it up into our pocha, like a warm blanket. Like but, a warm tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we're wrapping our essence in all that is Vicente Chente Fernandez. Yes, known as El Rey de las Rancheras, or Chente. Um, he was 81 and apparently died of complications from a fall. He, so he fell several months ago, and I didn't know this. He had a rare autoimmune disorder, and apparently that just made it difficult for him to heal. And I mean, he's 81, so, you know, the body is not as young as it used to be. And, and yeah, he passed. And in the same weekend that Anne Rice passed... I say, and I bring that up because I, when I was doing reflection about Vicente, and this is, some of you might gasp, and some of you might be like, no, yeah, no, I feel you. Vicente wasn't going to be played in the house as much as Charlie Pride, Country, mm-hmm. Vicky Carr, 100%. I have my memories of Vicente tied with my grandparents. Yeah. I've actually read Anne Rice's books. <laughs> right. So, That's a closer connection for you personally. Yeah. So it was this mm-hmm. like weird, like, I know who he is. I know he's a legend. You know, I, when you see that picture, you know, oh, oh, that I know who that is. Right. But, you know, in terms of outside of his handful, like a handful of songs that I know, mm-hmm. I, I actually had to go onto iTunes and be like, okay, what other songs mm-hmm. have I, maybe I have heard, they sound familiar I you know I don't know the lyrics or I wouldn't have right. definitely don't have the albums. Yeah. So if you're if you're listening and you're with Cat in that same uh, growing up in that same vein, he made over a hundred albums, sold over seventy million copies, was also in thirty four films and Mexicano right in Mexico, very popular in Mexico, an icon. His white white hair and jet black mustache and the sombrero, the mariachi, like iconic to just see like you said you see the picture you know who it is even if you only know a handful of the songs so um popular songs like por tu maldito amor my personal favorite el rey and every borracho's favorite anthem volver volver uh to me just brings back every 
Mexican wedding, funeral, party, bachanga, one of those songs at least is going to play. And the drunker people get, the louder they're going to sing along. Mm -hmm. It's like bad karaoke. So that's what that brings back for me. And not my parents listening, but definitely my grandparents. Okay, so when you brought up the the, the uh, drunk uncle, while it wasn't like family members, I do remember several weddings where by the end of it, and they played Volver, Volver. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. There was sing yelling that oh, yeah. was going on. It was, and some crying oh, and yeah. cheersing so hard. The bottles are breaking. Because at, yeah. at the wedding, there's, yes, there's the happiness of the boda and, and the, the folks getting married. But then there's that one who just broke up recently <laughs> and is going to the wedding anyway because they're family. <laughs> so they're the ones who are like crying the most at this over their cervecita agreed so you said el rey is your favorite right it is why i don't know i it's so grossly macho (laughs) it really is i don't know why it's my favorite and funny someone who did a cover that is that i actually also love is george Strait. did a like twangy ass cover (laughs) of el rey and i love it too um, I don't know. I guess it's just that I I think it does remind me of going to Juarez with my grandparents as a kid and, you know, the mariachis coming to your table and being like, get in una canción and, you know, my grandpa handing them money and that would be one of the songs that they would play. And I don't know. that That's the memory. More than I love the lyrics and I want to live by them, it's the experiences that are tied to that song. I have no warm and fuzzy experiences to that song. And that song to me is just the gross part. It is. And it's so, so it's very iconic. But it also reminds me of my father of like, no, I don't need that macho in my Yo life. Mando. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. You can take that song. And if it wasn't for the black mustache and the white hair, like, no, you could just take that song and mm-hmm. put it in your accordion. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, and I think... You bring up some really great points and of how, and there's several TikToks that now as adults, people are listening to the lyrics of particular <laughs> songs and you're like, it hits different when you're grown. Mm-hmm. Same for me with that song. Now listening to the lyrics, I'm like, oh my God. And can some badass mujer remake La Reina so that we can have, or has someone? I don't know. We should look this up, but that, that might make, give you some, I don't know some more uh, opportunities to really appreciate the song. Mm. I've never heard of that version, so that's definitely something I'll have to look into. But <laughs> otherwise, my favorite, though, is Por Tu Maldito Amor, because mm-hmm. it's like, hasn't everybody been through that heartbreak? Right, yeah, that's and a good one. that one hits. That just is every crying, heartbreaky thing that happened in a relationship that fell apart is like right there in that song yes i know uh so we're interestingly we're talking about how music is tied to memories or how lyrics might hit you in a particular way and oftentimes for me those songs those moments have been very separate from the artist themselves mm-hmm. and Today, while I was doing a little bit of research and just digging through some some interwebs about El Rey, as would be, I found some disturbing shit. 
So back in 2012, apparently he was supposed to undergo a liver transplant and he declined it stating that he would not sleep with his wife while there was another man's liver in his body because for all he knew, ese way could have been a homosexual or a drug addict. So yeah, and on top level, you're like, oh, that's a shitty ass thing to say. Mm-hmm. On the other level, like if you have another man's liver in your body and you're sleeping with your wife, like what difference does it make? You're sleeping next to your wife. You're still alive to be next to your exactly. wife. Exactly. Like I said, way gave you some Viagra powers. <laughs> be happy <laughs> and go with it. Yeah. So she, and I guess his son came back and was trying to sort of say like, smooth oh, my dad over. never said. Yeah, just smooth it over, which didn't wasn't really smoothable i mean just just say yeah he probably said that but you know what when i read that part of him i didn't give him a pass but i was also like yep something my father would say or yep something my grandfather would say not excusing it let's be clear but definitely understanding that someone who was born in late 30s early 40s maybe has not evolved right exactly other folks have amazing and great this guy hadn't mm-hmm. and and I, I only can think that maybe there's a cantina in heaven somewhere where at some bar Liberace and Walter Mercado are having a conversation with Chente just being like dude and Juanga and Juanga like <laughs> bro let's let's review what you said sir we need to have before this can go any farther we need to get something straight or not straight so also interesting in looking up some of his his uh uh yeah just looking at some of his interesting pieces to history you mentioned 40 years plus worth of a career not just music Mm -hmm. also in in movies but in politics so Mm -hmm. when hillary clinton was running (laughs) for president he actually made a song for her and had I had read I don't know how damn accurate this is but I had read that he he said he would spit on Donald Trump if he ever saw him and I was like well okay that's you know was that's El Rey right there being like true true was the song Por Tu Maldito Amor (laughs) (laughs) I don't even I didn't even hear the song but he he made the song and he and she invited him to uh, like a fundraiser party. Wow, way to try to get the Latino vote mm. right there. Funny. I didn't hear about this. Like you- She's like her PR people. So who's the Mexican Oprah? And they were like, Chente. <laughs> Chente, huh? Chente. Call him immediately. Chente Fernand. How do you, is it with an S or a Z, Fernand? <laughs> <laughs> wow. When I did, when I was looking up, who he was I was looking at the roots of of his family where they came from how he got his start like he was a painter and a bricklayer and all Mm, sorts of things mm -hmm. in Tijuana he wasn't originally from there but they his family moved up to Tijuana to try to make a better life what stood out for me is that he had these jobs that kept him humble right like he knows what it is to be working hard like he didn't have daddy's money to Mm -hmm. to get a label to make an album for him he literally had to sing like by day and by night and and then f- crawl his way into getting 40 plus years worth of uh of albums over 100 you said mhm 
100 albums. It, it, and they, would, they said he would go on marathon recording streaks, just recording song after song, wouldn't quit, super hard work ethic, just a, a brilliant entertainer, honestly. Whatever he was in, in other parts of his life, things that maybe he hadn't come to, come to know more about. Um, and, and this is where, you know, legends become real people and it's disappointing when we have people on this pedestal and then have to accept that, oh shit, people, all people are complicated. There are no perfect people. And so you have to decide for yourself, what are, what are you going to do with that information? Does it make you not like any of his music anymore? Want to take down, you know, all your grandma's records? Like, what are you going to do with that information? That's where it leaves us. We talked, we've talked about cancel culture. We've talked about this before. Uh, and where does it leave you, Kat, specifically? I mean, did he believe in it for him to live his life? And, and f- okay, fine, if that was what he, his belief was, did his family do anything afterwards to kind of have conversations? Who knows? Was it his body, and was that like a very unscience-informed way to try to live your life? I mean, to me, that's like the bigger picture is like, really? You are going to... Tr- choose not to trust a physician or a medical provider to help you You live your life unscience (laughs) it's if you're gonna be unscience about it you don't deserve a liver exactly (laughs) and i'm with you in that i can accept that there is an older generation particularly of mexicanos that are macho that are racist that are homophobic that are just have not come to a point in their lives where they can be comfortable enough to just let some shit go Mm -hmm. and he was definitely there and the music goes on literally his music will go on um i'm sure well celebrated at the end of the day what you can say is how much he's influenced yes other artists genres a whole not just one generation several generations Mm -hmm of individuals of of bodas how much mm-hmm. he has influenced that one uncle pobrecito who <laughs> is drunk singing his Con song el amor, mm-hmm. yeah, pobre. Mm. well yes pour one out for chente <sighs> and pour one out for Anne rice and Anne rice and her vampires mm-hmm. vampire lestat interview with a vampire the movies just don't stack up to her writing and my partner had mentioned that she wrote um a lot of her stuff when she was in manic mode like she oh, wrote her interesting. yeah I knew she had battled depression I didn't realize that that was kind of one of the outcomes of it oh. was amazing writing but Curse we see of that the way. genius mm-hmm. Curse wow. of the genius well speaking of two geniuses you are listening to the Pocha podcast <laughs> at the intersection of intelligence <laughs> and, and hilarity sarcasm <laughs> I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And from one author-esque to another. Yeah. Okay, so <gasps> there's a set of books out. A set, yes, a sequel. Yes, and it was a pocha pick for us. Mm-hmm. He's a borderland author. Mm-hmm. I'm totally in love with both of these novels. So the first one is... Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe that came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. The second one that just came out in 2021, which was our Bocha pick, Aristotle and Dante Dive into the Waters of the World by Benjamin Alire Sainz. And we've talked a little, we talked about the first book before. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
and it was just for me such a phenomenal second uh, piece that I think it deserved another another moment or two on the podcast. Okay. Yes, you've you have read or you audio booked it. What I audio booked okay. it. Yeah. I you ha- audio booked the whole thing. Both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have listened to both in their entirety. Um, just if, if this is the first time you're hearing of these two novels, they are young adult novels. So mm-hmm. don't go into this with uh, like thinking that they're going to be speaking in languages of like 21 year, you know, 20 year olds, 30 year olds. No, this is like teenagers, their dialogue, their so that's the first thing right yes um and the second thing is they are coming of age stories like the first one was a coming of age story where um so if you haven't read them this is gonna be a little bit of a spoiler alert (laughs) Um, yeah a coming out story yeah a coming out story yeah but it takes place in the late 80s so the we're talking in a time time and place in el paso where it was definitely taboo to come out Mm -hmm. and they do use, El, or he does use El Paso as a setting, but a, he uses a very real part of town. He uses the central part of town, the town, part of town that I grew up in, the high school that I went to, and even name drops a couple characters that mm-hmm. um, my either a sibling or myself have gone to school with. Right. And so that's like the basis of first and then the, the follow-up novel. It did take several years. I wonder what was, I wonder what the, what the, gap was for like if he just needed some time to see where they were going or what but he needed financing (laughs) (laughs) no I don't know yes let's ask him in in real time so the first one is very much a coming out piece the second one actually picks in and and I'm not going to spoil everything for you guys Mm. I will say that some issues like HIV AIDS Mm -hmm. but because it was really an it was in the headlines all the time in the late 80s, early 90s, so that he's not picking up something that you wouldn't have otherwise seen. He, mm-hmm. he, he's not putting in the book for the sake of putting it in the book. He's putting it in the book because that was a very real thing right. and a very real scare and concern for people who are just coming out. Like, mm-hmm. they don't know, and what if I, and all of these things. Yeah. It also... Um, includes college choices because they're at the end of their high school career mm-hmm. racism from from educators so it has it has a couple of these issues these themes in it one other part that i found that was incredibly interesting the way that they handled it and i don't have anything to compare it to really um f- especially for many young adult novels that i have read recently because i the old, these are the only <laughs> young adult young adult novels that <laughs> i've read recently zero Mm-hmm. So I've read like Flowers in the Attic and that whole series and that, you know, whatever, that's its own like brand of crazy. But for this one, dealing with teenagers and their sex lives was very interesting. Mm-hmm. I was making breakfast and I had the audio book on oh, Lord. at the time and they were discussing it. And so the girls are getting ready for school and everything. And I was like... Well, it's teenagers, you know, talking about teenage sex. So it's just going to be on. We can't dance around it. It's just, it's fine. Everybody, well, almost everybody has sex, so it's it's okay. Did they say anything about, were they like, what is happening right now? No, huh. okay. not at all. Which could be that they were just listening. They had their AirPods or Air, sure. earbuds on and weren't paying attention at all, but it was on. And it was just interesting to hear the way that, Benjamin takes on teenage 
sex, in particular within a same-sex couple. Mm-hmm. I and, found that very interesting yeah. also. It, and it wasn't like, it, it's not a hot page turner or anything like that. It was just very teen. It was very, it was very teen rated for mm-hmm. sure. So if you're considering recommending the books to a young adult or reading them yourself, yes, know that it's very teen friendly. Um, I was very, it's very mushy, very muy romantico at all points a little over the top for me at points so far and I haven't finished I haven't finished the second one I have finished the first one a a while back haven't finished the second so I'm figuring it out I'm loving the I'm loving the relationships that the boys have with their parents and how that's evolving for one of them in particular I I hope my child would speak as lovingly about me in high school as these as one of these boys speaks about their parents um that part I I've really enjoyed and of course like you're saying the just the references to a cultura that we grew up in Mm -hmm. the language the one of the things that I cannot stop thinking about and hopefully this is not a spoiler alert but one of them's talking about the mom taking food to people when there's an event a death or a marriage whatever and she says that she well she doesn't say it herself she says the father would call it immigrant behavior and i think (laughs) it's hilarious immigrant behavior because that i would have never thought that like are there people that don't do that yes i had no idea because i am so in a bubble of the people that i know that's what you do. You feed people when you're happy, when you're sad, whatever's happening, you feed people. Tray of enchiladas. Take a casserole. Right. Who's getting it? Who's getting it? Yes. And I, I laughed at that part too and was thinking about the other intersections that we have in our lives um, that coincide with, with the book. Like the, they still take on and tackle um, with one of the characters their intersection of assimilation and brown pride Mm. and how assimilated one character is over the other because the other is still grappling with assimilation using the words it's immigrant behavior Mm -hmm. that itself is talking about assimilation yes so and to your point about the mushiness with one of our twins dating right now the mushiness is real that is just trust well maybe it's because i wish i could completely erase my teenage relationship (laughs) From not only my mind, but existence. So maybe that's the part of it that's cringy for me. It's cringy. It, it's, it's cringy, but very spot on. Yeah, yeah. Like, and sure. I think teens who are reading it as opposed to viejas like us are going to be like, oh. Well, and how I lovely yeah. to not be mm-hmm. bitter and old. <laughs> <laughs> how lovely to not be divorced, you know? Yeah. Oh my. Well, I mean, it's a great book. It's the reason it was a pocha pick was because uh the author Benjamin Alire Sainz does pick up where he left off. He as he has put himself in a place which is difficult to to do with a novel. He puts himself in a place where he, it's seamless. Mm-hmm. It is really seamless from one yes. even after nearly a decade, it is seamless mm-hmm. from one to the other. And it's just a good story, and it leaves you on a cliffhanger anyway. Bum, bum, bum. Mm. 
Part three. And there's going to be a movie about the first there's book. There's going to be a movie. Check it. You got to check it. Go right now. Google. Google. IMDb. Alexa. Look Aristotle at who the Dante. cast list is, and yes. it includes Eva Longoria. Love it. I am excited. I did, I did look. I did take a look. I don't know if you did this. I did not. I took a look at the cast members to see how El Paso they looked. <laughs> not going <laughs> to lie. And? No. Oh, but <laughs> Mr. Mark. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it's, yeah. I'm excited. You know why? First of all, it's a border, it's a borderland author, which I am so happy about. There's big name folks involved in it. Love that because he's getting some attention. And the, the layers of complexity that he is addressing in these novels with young adults who are Mexicano, who are living at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation in their families they're talking about it constantly not in those words but in experiences every single time every page is full of it um throw in queer lens throw in aids epidemic throw in peer pressure and it it's it's so layered and wonderful and i hope it is super well received when the film comes out as do i I do have a question for you, being a, a, a Las Cruces, reading the book. Could you see this as also having an, having been like a Las Cruces book? Like this is just a Borderlands? Like if, if they didn't mention the specific school, could this have also taken totally. place in Cruces? Completely. The, okay. Well, and parts of it happen in New Mexico. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be, and, and that to me also, without naming it, is explicitly talks about the fluidity between the communities the fluidity between states, which is borderland cultura. Like, you live here, you just know that's a thing. Mm -hmm. There's no question about, oh, yeah, we just drove a couple hours to go to New Mexico to go camping or whatever. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. So it it felt very familiar to me in enough ways that the unfamiliar pieces, like a young queer male relationship, was also intriguing because the rest of it felt so familiar and good. Mm. Well, I'm glad you are enjoying it. I am. I can't wait for you to finish it because I still want to book club with you about okay. how it ends and yes. where all of the loose ends are. I like it. Mm-hmm. We also had some uh, some folks, some social media followers that want to book club it too. So we'll have to uh, see if we can have a have a live. Yes. Okay. Oh my God, that would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. I like it. And when Benjamin um, hangs out with us mm-hmm. to have cafecito in El Paso. All right. At the end of the year, this year has capped off for me, Charlene, a new wave of looking at TikTok. Like I have oh, yeah. gone down rabbit holes yeah. for, oh, but five more minutes. Five more minutes. You are a TikTokian. What is the draw for you? The draw is it does add elements of things that weren't as entertaining. Mm. So, yes, you can get a video in YouTube. But I think, or I'm sorry, in Facebook. But I think sometimes it's it can be overkill. Like, okay, you're now going into minute ten, or mm. what have you. Okay. And fair. this is limiting you to either be funny, be poignant, be get your point across. So yes, I'm falling into that like wow. attention span. <gasps> I ain't got time for your bullshit. <laughs> make it funny, make it smart, make mm-hmm. it cute, mm-hmm. or I'm out. But I have a lot of like native TikTok modern warrior 
uh, Aunt, okay. uh, Aunt Tiz, or Tizzy and Aunt Karen, they come up on my feed and I learn a lot more from them. Like I'm adding books to my audio oh, I love that. so that I can learn more about indigenous culture. So what, what's the draw to you? Um, Kat told me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's really why I got a TikTok account. That's it? You, do you- I mean, I would watch the ones you would send me, but then you send me one particular person uh, who we should also have on the podcast. And I was in. I was sold. And then I, you know, I I don't get in. I will get in, I guess, a rabbit hole, but it's not a daily thing. Like once mm-hmm. in a while, maybe once a week, I'll, I'll watch for 10 minutes. I'll sl- slide through some things and then, you know, slide through, scroll through. I don't even know these. I don't know. These what kids and their technologies. <laughs> no. All right, grandma's past your bedtime. I know. What the hell? But no, there are a few people that I, I, I find hilarious. And it really does restore my faith in humanity. Like, people are funny as hell. If you just get to be... There is one creator. I don't know even what their handle is. But they just... its He, he looks black. I think he's black. Always has just a little song in the background. And he's always talking about, like, work. About how he's just <laughs> over it and done with it. Like, today might be the day I just fucking set the place on fire. And he's just dancing with mismatched socks in the living room. I love him. Love that. <laughs> yeah, that can set me on a good mood on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Monday morning, I watch that. I'm like, all right, yep. If this guy's still doing it, I too. I too can live. <laughs> so one of the things that has really caught my attention about the TikToks the TikToks mm. is is the um <laughs> tell me you're a whatever without telling me you're a whatever I'm already laughing at it. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen any of these yes okay so for listeners if you haven't pause for a moment if you have and you're laughing already I think you know where we're going with this mm-hmm. so we've chosen a couple uh identities of the tell me I'm and I think we're going to we're going to try our best to be funny and witty um with this to see if we are TikTok capable TikTok Well this doable. is all audio so we're going to have well, to yes. be better than TikTok. Yes, this is true. We're going to have to double perform. Okay. Okay. I'm a little nervous about this because Hani tells me all the time, my partner tells me all the time like you talk too much that your storytelling is not as great. So <laughs> we're going <laughs> to You're a little verbose. <laughs> yes. So I'm a little worried, but okay, here Keep we go. It's succinct. Here we go. Let's so do it. We'll 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 uh, start off with some e- easy things. Okay, how does this work? You you tell me I'm a something, and then I answer, and then you you go. Sure. Okay, that'll work. Okay. All right. So tell me you're a pocha without telling me oh. you're a pocha. Oh, <laughs> uh, so the first thing that comes to mind is being on a work call with badass people that I admire, and it's in Spanish. And I'm, I have so many things to say. And you know what comes out? Este. Um, este. And then I use like 700 words to say one word that I can't think of. And then at three in the morning, I sit up in a cold sweat and remember the fucking word because se me acabo el español under pressure. I feel like such a pocha and I hate it. Uh, and also, I don't like bizcochos. <laughs> what the first one's a pass i get that what on no. the second one i don't like is it the anise, it's the anise. Oh. okay i feel you they look like buttholes 
It really does. Wow. <laughs> what do you watch on TikTok that you've gotten this? <laughs> That's not on your thread? <laughs> no. Not not on my four-year page. Uh-uh. Oh, well. Ooh. No, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's not the shape. That's a secondary thing. I don't like the flavor. I don't know. I don't like bizcochos. Okay, speaking of that, though, I had the weirdest dream about a person in our lives who got a tattoo on their inner nalga and was like, you need to see this tattoo. Why? I have no idea. Where did this come from? I don't know, but you were talking about bizcochos, and you said that it looks like buttholes, so <laughs> that's where I went. Now that's the code word. Uh-huh. Bizcocho. <laughs> Show me your bizcocho. And I'll show you mine. Okay, Kat, tell me you're a pocha without telling me you're a pocha. <laughs> so, yes to, oh my God, I can't, I can't with the, the language. I feel so embarrassed. And the other thing is, I love my Bowie Bakery mm. with a side of Starbucks. <laughs> okay, that goes into my next one. Tell me you're assimilated without telling me you're assimilated, Kat. We were raised watching Hee Haw. <laughs> lying well i already gave mine away earlier i like the george Strait version of el rey (laughs) and also uh pumpkin spice latte from the minute that shit comes out in (laughs) august until they run out of the syrup i'm like do you have a half a squirt half a pump in there i'll take it love that shit you're in the dumpster like this one's already only half full i'm taking it put hot water in it and swirl it around you'll get another two pumps out of it Mm -hmm. yeah exactly all right i know you had this one for me but i am going to ask you tell me you are an ex-derby player without telling me you're an (laughs) ex-derby player Mm, yes so it was years after i had stopped playing and i went to a game and they blew the jammer whistle which was a separate thing at the time i had a pavlovian like i would my heart started racing like if i was playing it was uh it was super intense uh i thought i was in the game and also sometimes i will hip check people out of my way especially my family members Mm -hmm. yes oh i feel you on that Mm -hmm. if i can get the microphone to pick up my knees that's how i can tell you (laughs) Because my knees sound more like snap, crackle, pop than the cereal does. Yeah, that's a that's a whole thing. Um, what about tell me you're a lesbian without telling me you're a lesbian? I mean, other than the obvious. <laughs> yes. Well, that's why I said without telling me. Okay. I So a couple things. One is I probably own more power tools than... <laughs> both my dad and my father combined ever had um and two is and you know this from experience when you and I went to a bar together oh yeah I don't know what the protocol is when some man (laughs) tries to buy you a drink (laughs) I really don't my experience has been oh no thank you I can get one on my own and then I was called a bitch and the other time when you and I were together was throwing money at the bar (laughs) and running (laughs) So that we wouldn't accept drinks from someone. Yeah. I don't know what the protocol is because my brain starts going down this thing like, what do they expect? Uh-huh. What is what is the yeah. next thing? I don't understand. Like, am, am I now obligated to dance with you or have a conversation where I'm not really interested and and then I just smile or? Oh, that's also a straight oh, well, thing. Then we'll just go with the obvious. Yes. <laughs> my tongue is more capable than yours. There oh, you go. Oh, see, look, there you go. And there it is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Hi, Mom. I know you're listening. 
Tell me you are vieja without telling me you're vieja. Oh my God. The other night you invited me out. The event didn't start until eight and it was too late <laughs> for me to go. That literally happened like two days ago. I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to rally. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go. I'm going to go fix my makeup. I looked at the clock. It was like six. I was like, I'm not making it two more hours before I even attempt to go out. So I went and put on my pantuflas and said, sorry, cat. I love you, but I can't go. How about you? Um, I judge reading difficulty by how far my arm has to extend. <laughs> Would you like me to hold your notes for you across the room? You know what? <laughs> Do they make trifocals? <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> it ain't focusing. I like it. Um, tell me you're a band dad without telling me you're a band dad. What we call tubas when they're on the marching field are not tubas. Those are sousaphones. There you what go. What <laughs> the f- What? Because actual symphony tubas you wouldn't be able to march with. I just imagined like a weird ass shaped Dr. Seuss instrument <laughs> <laughs> out of a book. Exactly. Wow. You're welcome. Wow. Yeah. All right. Mind blown. I've been educated. Mm-hmm. Sousaphone. Uh, tell me you're a Bible nerd without telling me you're a Bible nerd. <laughs> I went for a job interview, and um, they were introducing me to all of the other folks who were on staff, and they introduced me to someone who became later became a really good friend of mine. And they said, oh, so this is Micah. And my first thing, oh, like the book in the Bible? <laughs> wow. Your next question was, have you been saved by our Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> Pobrecito didn't know what to say to that. He was like, yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. That happened. Wow. On a job interview. Well, I still got the job. That's good. Tell me you have a white spouse without telling me you have a white spouse. His mom's name is Dixie. <laughs> Okay. How about you? We now have a white people laundry in our house. What does that mean? It It's a whole laundry room by itself. It sits by itself. Oh. It doesn't share with a garage. It doesn't, you know, sit in. <gasps> oh, interesting. And I got told that that's what that was. Wow. Yeah. I also get to park my car in the garage. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I think white people do that. Yeah. Because... Latinos use it for storage. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's no room to put your car in there. So tell me you're a low-key chola without telling me you're a low-key chola. Um, I really love eyeliner and flannels. Mm. Really love eyeliner and you're, flannels. I love flannel, but that that's for that could have been <laughs> tell me you're a lesbian. <laughs> I own flannels. It's a different thing. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the intersection of chola and lesbian. A cholesbian? A chalupa. <laughs> All right. A chalupa. <laughs> and on that note, Kat, it is uh almost we only have one more one more pocha podcast weedy weedy before the end of the year. Yes, and that one is really exciting. We have a conversation with an individual who's doing some badass things in this yes, world. Stay tuned. All the way from New York. Yes. Another author, as it were, because we were a book club. <laughs> we're somehow a book club podcast. So um, if you're interested, hang out. So this has been Episodio 33 of the Pocha Podcast. I'm Kat. 
I'm Charlene. And Charlene, where can folks find us? You can always find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can sometimes find us on Twitter, but only when Kat gets on there. We also, uh, episodes are available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you want to get your podcasty goodness, you can find us. And we're almost at 500 on Instagram, so go like us. Tell your friends. Share. Give us a review. We prefer five star, but even if it's a bad one, we can take some constructive criticism. Absolutely. And we'll see you on the flip side.